Welcome to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com, where we discover the communities that are making a difference in the lives of others. Our self-discovery is something we are all making on our life's journey. Here you will find the people that will be your guidance, that will be your inspiration, that will be there for you in support on your journey of life. Do enjoy. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Your Health is Your Choice right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my wonderful guest, Megan Edge, back for the third time to share her incredible wisdom is Megan Edge. And we're going to be talking today about building bridges between modern medicine and alternative healing. We're still in conversation with this of what is alternative healing? What is modern medicine? I think we're all in a little bit of confusion about what it's all about. So she says building bridges is learning holistic approaches to health and well-being by acknowledging the value and the shortcomings of both mainstream medicine and alternative healing. Building bridges between both approaches, disciplines create a healthier and more effective system of medicine and healing. The conversation is designed to empower us for you to navigate your current mainstream medical system offering easy and enlightened solutions to common experiences enabled you to see you have a voice that is heard, so your health needs to be better met. We have discussed the phenomenon of the white coat syndrome. Mm, intriguing. Challenge your beliefs about the cause and purpose of illness and disease for understanding your body's language and learn how your health can be more simple than a physical hygiene. It's fundamentally about your emotional well-being. Master healer Megan Edge will share her knowledge and teachings of alternative and holistic medicine, along with her experience, uh, mainstream medical and patient of 17 surgeries. She will share some of her techniques and tools for calming um, anxiety, having your voice heard and feeling the effects of medical treatments. And I invite you to come back and listen to all the other shows that we have done together. She shares her, her journey's heart. She also talks about uh, wonderful aromatherapy healing which I use it's wonderful stuff uh, all about the intuitive energy massage uh, there's a lot here that this lady does plus the fact that she immerses herself into the garden as well and allows the garden to not only be her source of energy but pours that energy back into her garden so this is a lady that's most certainly connected to everything and it makes it easy for you to unravel what really works and what really doesn't. Right, Megan? That is right. Wow, what a beautiful introduction. Thank you, Troy. And I'm really happy. Or, Troy, thank you, Sarah. <laughs> it's I'm okay. Really happy to, be back, <laughs> to be back with you and to be sharing these really important conversations right now, especially right now. Mm-hmm. To be empowered in our choices, especially our health choices, it's vital to everything that we do. It's vital to our well-being, both emotionally and physically, to know that we have a voice and we can be heard. To have that skill set, to know that that's possible, it's one of the most valuable gifts that I could ever think of giving to anyone, is to help empower them to have that voice in our medical system. Yeah, because 
I, you know, I know from my own past experience, and we've discussed this, is that you go to the doctor and you're, you're made to feel like it's either in your head or that it's really not that big a deal or just take this pill and or go away. And you know there's something wrong, but you don't know how to articulate it because you're not a medical person. You just know there's something wrong. And it's, it, today it's like they have three minutes for you and that's it. So how do you actually explain it? And we can take the medicine, have the operation, chop something off. And the problem is still there because yeah. Western medicine and, and believe me, there's been many a life-saving um, thing I've had with Western medicine, but it takes care of the problem and kind of at the other end of the, it never gets to the root cause. And if you don't get to the root cause, how do you know what to heal? Right. Well, that's exactly it. Uh, and, and let me be very clear. Modern, I'm, I am not against modern medicine at all. That's why this is about building bridges right. between these two disciplines, because each one has its absolute value. And when they are working together, that's the point. Mm -hmm. You have holistic health. Yeah. But as you've, as you've described, for most people, their relationship at this time with their doctors or their medical practitioners generally is a very fleeting one. Yeah. We may be, like you say, three to five minutes, maybe 10 minutes. I know that here in, in British Columbia, uh, you're only allowed to bring one concern yes. to your doctor. There's notices up on the walls that say only one thing. We're only allowed to discuss one thing. But the problem with that approach is that our body is an, is an entire system. So yes. if my big toe is not talking to my ear, then I think there's a problem. And in my experience of our medical system, as, as filled as it is with beautiful people whose hearts are in the right places, who want to help and want to make a difference, the big toe doctor and the ear doctor are not going to be talking to one no. another. No. They're not going to go to the same conferences. They're not going to read the same papers. They're going to be specializing in a part of the body, a piece of the body, mm -hmm. and therefore not able to see the whole picture and connect the dots, and certainly are not going to ask these really important questions such as what is going on in your life right now yeah that may be the underlying root cause of the toe problem or the ear problem yeah there's there's no bending the area that's for sure <laughs> you know um you know i think it's actually a huge metaphor for life where what we've done is is compartmentalized everything in nice neat little boxes and nice neat little departments where nobody communicates we, you know we see this time and time again the fbi and the cia and main force never communicate with each other it's like they're constantly in competition and you know a, a, a doctor her ear and a big toe what are you talking about there's no connection there but if we can look at i, I did a wonderful show the other day on a brain trainer and, you know, she was, she was talking about the, the brain, which is our hard drive. It's what makes the whole body work. And that we're so busy about deprogramming, you know, about, you know, helping detox and everything else that we don't realize if the brain is out of sync, mm -hmm. so is the rest of the body. And so we have to look at ourselves as a whole. And it's very hard to find a medical doctor that does that. Now, you do have some younger ones now that really do see, and there's actually a university that does that. It brings, um, it's the medic, Western Medical and Alternative mm -hmm. Teachings, which is a, a really a whole holistic doctor. And mm -hmm. it's gradually happening, but in the mainstream, it's still that thing. How do you articulate what's wrong with you when you don't know how to articulate it? And, and who gets to the root cause of it so that you can stop it from being a problem? 
Well, and what I see is two things happening. I see that the patient is disempowered. And that's, mm. we'll talk about the white coat syndrome and what that's all about. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, um, they're, they're disempowered because they don't have a language. Mm. They haven't done their research. And they have learned and they have been taught to give their power over yes. to the doctor. And, and that is what the white coat syndrome is. I mean, let's, let's jump into that right now. Mm. The moment that somebody puts on a white doctor's jacket, and especially if they add a stethoscope, their relationship with their client or their patient completely changes. And they authority. are now in a position of authority. Yes. And yes. we give them that authority. Yes. My mother had a wonderful saying. She'd say, Megan, everybody puts their pants on one leg at a time. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you've got a doctor, a professor, yeah. or a Mr. or Mrs. in front of your name. We all get up in the morning and we put our pants on the same way. And, and that was an analogy for the fact that, that the person who is there to help you should be a team player for you. Yes. Not someone who has a godlike status. Right. And is then the one to make the decisions for you without you being in conversation with, with that medical practitioner. So on the, on the patient side, there is a lack of confidence in the way in which we present ourselves and our conditions or our issues to the physicians. Now on the physician side of things, at least as far as I'm aware, it's still the case in North America that most physicians, most doctors, when they go through medical school, maybe do a day on nutrition. 40 minutes, I heard. Yes, maybe they talk a little bit about the combination of stress and mm -hmm. heart conditions, for example, or um, obesity and heart conditions. There, there might be some of that connectivity done. And, and I know there are a lot of really curious doctors out there, which is wonderful. Mm -hmm. But honestly, that should be the cornerstone of any medical training. Day one, let's get curious. Yes. Let's yes. get curious about what's really going on for our patient and how can we help them? How do we work with them? Now, what that entails, of course, is a deeper relationship between mm -hmm. physician and patient or surgeon and patient. And, and as you alluded to in, the, in your introduction, I have a fair amount of experience with yeah. this. Yeah. From the perspective of the client or the patient, having had 17 surgeries in my life. Um, and then I also have the perspective of a alternative, I call myself an alternative medical health practitioner. For the way in which I work with energy, I work with therapeutic processes of understanding and unraveling what the body is trying to tell us through the kinds of aches and pains that we have and looking to the emotional and energetic sources of those aches and those pains. Mm. I've interviewed a number of people and there was one I recently had on again and her daughter was one pound. She was born prematurely mm -hmm. and they basically handed her the baby and said like, there's no heartbeat here this is this is not going to work and she said leave me with my child and she through energy through literally kind of visualizing herself going in there and pressing the heart mm. you know she brought that baby back to life who is now nine years old and very very rambunctious and it's that I feel that in a lot of ways the the western medicine is so pressured for the next patient and the next patient they don't have the time for that that um that vibrational healing that we are, you know, as a mother, you know, as a mother, we don't give up. 
we don't give up. We're always going to look for something else. And we know that um, when you actually do measure the energy around people who, you know, do a prayer circle or you're just there to give the energy, how it has an effect on the patient. It's still considered so woo-woo, but it should be the first or foremost form of healing. Because if you look at it through the eons, that has been the healing. Well, that's just it. And when you look at the timeline and the history of the development of what we consider to be modern medicine here in North America, it's very young. This is a very, very young approach to health. Mm -hmm. um, maybe a 250 year, probably even less than that. Yeah. When you really think about it. Yeah. In, around the late 1800s, early 1900s, there was a, a real push to creating a scientific basis for our healing. And, and the problem with that, or I guess the, the concern that I have with that is that there's a divorce that happens between the entire person, like we we're talking about the holistic approach and the compartmentalizing and the specializing mm. of the elbow doctor versus the knee doctor. Yes. And it does a huge disservice to both, both the patient and the physician. In my mind, if the physician doesn't have a toolkit that is full of so many different ways that they can be of service to their patient, then that, that's a huge disservice to their own practice. Yes. Well, if you if you look at the, you know, women used to be predominantly the healers, right? Mm -hmm. And then when it came to Western medicine, it was men, women can't take this, they'll be hysterical if they look at a genital, you know, and it's, and it's, a, 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 you know, kind of part of it, you wonder is a power trip. Um, you know, the, the misogyny stepping in and to let's this is a way of ousting the women up. But if you look at healing um, modalities through, you know, through the thousands of years, it's generally been the medicine woman, you know, yeah. through the herbs, through the natural, through, through the energetic healing, you know, through spending time with someone. There's a wonderful show, you know, called The Midwife. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a lovely show, but they've got to kind of that because it's set in the 50s and then into the 60s now. And it's now coming into the time period where people will go to hospital, to have their babies. And it's lost that attachment of the midwife being with you. It's mm -hmm. all become so like a, a, a manufacturing thing mm -hmm. of, of putting out and, and it's, uh, it's taken away a lot of that, you know, and yes, and it's fabulous if you can have a midwife in a medical setting, but you know, it, it disconnected that wonderful process of giving birth by making it too clinical. And mm -hmm. I find that the medical world has gone too clinical and stepped away from the humanity or the heart of the situation by yes. not listening to the patient. Yes, a hundred percent. I agree with you. And we could do a whole other show looking at the history of modern medicine and the history of women in medicine. Yes. Long and very illustrious history all over the globe. Yep. As you pointed out, of not only women being the midwives or being the herbalists, but women being the surgeons, yes. being the physicians, being the scientists. There was a college in Italy. It was one of the very last colleges that was still available for women. It was, it's in, it was in Padua in Italy. Um, and I don't have the name off the top of my head, but I can find it so that we can share it with people. And this was a college for women physicians and surgeons as late as the 1500s. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The 1500s. But when you look at the history that we've been taught, yes, we're taught that that has always been the domain of men. Yep. And it's just simply 
not true. And as you point out, yes, there is a misogyny to it. Yes, there is a control to it because our health fundamentally is our innate right. It is a right that we are born with to be able to have autonomy and choice over our health. When that is taken away from us, then we lose that autonomy and we are disempowered and we are no longer are able to make free will choices for ourselves mm. or our own health and well-being. Kind of rem- having it, this conversation today. Yeah, exactly. It, it kind of reminds me of, you know, the, I call it the dark ages, you know, before postpartum was understood or depression was understood which is still you know really opening up the box only now you know with prince harry and oprah and lady gaga and everything you know they're putting it out on the table and saying why should i be ashamed mm-hmm. you know why should i fear you know other people's opinion it is what you know depression is here but it's uh, it's the fact that uh, 1800s, early 1900s, if somebody wanted to get rid of their wife, they just had to say she had hysteria and off she'd be locked in up in a nut house, right? And that, that uh, any time there was a mental problem at all, immediately not, you know, or the electric shock thing. And it's like, oh my God, when you look at that, it's terrifying terrifying to see what people went through um with simple things that we look at today as you know as postpartum depression or depression in itself um hopefully we've come a long way well you know now we just give people drugs yeah i'm not sure we've come a long way well at least we don't lock everybody up for everything and a husband can't get rid of his wife that easily (laughs) up until the 50s they could Well, it's, 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 it's even in the language that we use to describe the procedures. So the reason that a hysterectomy is called a hysterectomy is because the root of that word is hysteria. Yeah. And the belief was that if you were to remove a woman's uterus when she no longer was of childbearing years, you could calm her down. Mm. She would stay calm. What tends to happen as, as women get older and as we are no longer if we are parents, if we're no longer as invested in our children because they've now grown up and they're doing their own thing, a lot of women find their rage mm. in their 50s and 60s and 70s. And, and they've got nothing to lose at that point. Right. And so you're gonna see, these are the women who are out on the streets marching along yep. with the younger women. These are the women who are found their voice again and are rec- reclaiming their power and they're moving into their, their crone years or their goddess years or whatever, however you want to describe that. So if that makes other people uncomfortable, mm. i.e. the patriarchy, then what can we do to keep these women behaving properly? Yeah. Well, let's give them a hysterectomy. That's where the root of that word comes from. Right. The other one that I find so interesting, and as we're talking about midwifery and, and birthing and all of that, is a cesarean section. Mm-hmm. So a cesarean section is called that because one of the first recorded cases of a woman surviving having her uterus cut open and the baby taken out and baby and mom survived happened to be the wife of Caesar. Mm-hmm. I believe her name was Philippa. So why are we not calling it a Philippa section? Right. Caesar sure as hell, heck, pardon me, did not give birth, nor did no. he have his stomach. He had open. nothing to do with that. <laughs> his work was done pretty quickly. Right. So when I went through uh, that experience, my second baby, she was bum breech, and we had to make the decision of taking that surgery when it was offered in order for her to be able to be born 
healthfully and, and me as well. And so I said to my midwife, and yes, I did have a midwife. I said to her, it's not a cesarean. Caesar doesn't get to claim any of this. Right. This is a belly birth. Mm. It is still a birth. My baby gets to be born healthy. I get to live through this. You know, one wonders of modern medicine, thank yeah. goodness, yeah. That, that the hospital was there and I could have that procedure done. And I wanted to change what it was called. I said, it's a belly birth. And she said to me, that's brilliant. Can I use that? I said, absolutely. Yes. yes. Use it every time. And I use it in my practice if I'm doing mm -hmm. healing work for a woman who has had a really traumatic experience around that procedure. I've, I've watched women's entire energy system change mm. just by changing the word from a C-section to a belly birth. Yeah. It's more right? empowering. It's yeah. so much when we, when we do that. That's, a, that's one of the techniques about reclaiming yeah. our autonomy and, and our empowerment when it comes to our choices around our health. I know when I, I first fell pregnant with my now 38-year-old daughter, the doctor asked me if I wanted a C-section. And I go, well, only if the child's life is at risk. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's a difficult birth, as most births are. Um, as one doctor said, I'm allergic to pregnancy, you know, just one of those people. My son, however, boy, if anybody should have been a C-section, it should have been him or a belly section because um, we nearly lost him. And it was horrific totally horrific when it came to my third child i went to a different doctor and he said i'm telling you right now there is no way you should have given birth naturally to your last child you are having the c-section belly section and it, it was uh, at that point i knew that it would be too life-threatening to go through that but um I could make that decision, whereas before there was a lot going on in the 80s where they were pushing the C-sections because they made more money in doing it, right? So, and instead of, you know, somebody being in hospital, my daughter just gave birth uh, uh, six weeks ago. She was 48 hours in labor. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they just want you out of there, turn it over, right? So C-section is easy. Book you, do, 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 next, you know, and... I don't think medicine at any time should be a convenience. No, and there's also an economy of medicine. Oh God. <laughs> medicine is a big business, you know, and yes. There are there are very esteemed physicians, doctors, researchers who have come forward and said, look, we actually do have a cure for cancer and for yeah. HIV and AIDS yeah. and for dementia and for Alzheimer's and yes. for heart condition, pretty much everything, we know how to cure it, but we are not allowed nope. to share that with you. Nope. And that's, that's where we get into the conversation about alternative. Yes. You know, what is, what is alternative? Well, it's just what isn't the mainstream narrative. Right. So the and mainstream and has been around for, since the beginning of time, many of the practices. So yeah. which is yeah. the alternative? Modern medicine yeah. is really the alternative, right? And yes, well, you know, penicillin antibiotics and things like this and you know hearts heart transplants and all of these type of things absolutely amazing what we can do but yes. it, again it's like these other modalities have been there for so long and there's always a cure for something and you know cancer has been one for a long time it's a multi-billion dollar industry are they going to want somebody to come along with a simple remedy to to cure cancer no and this pharmaceutical you know, I had an, another woman, 80-year-old, was with me five years with uh, Wise Health, and she, she would quote God's pharmacy. 
talk about God's pharmacy. But when you're looking at the pharmaceutical industry, they're going to do everything they can to protect their industry because it is a multi-trillion dollar industry. And and we're seeing this right now. Yeah. Without without saying any of the trigger words that we're not allowed to say, um, it's happening right now. And and we can see it. I mean, I think you'd have to be blind to not see the connection. If you follow the money, you can see exactly what's going on. Yes. And where there is information available about simple, easy, and some of them are modern medicines that have come from but the, from the, well, I mean, all the medicines have come from the plants and, and minerals right. at some point in time before yes. they were synthesized. Um, you know, it, inexpensive, easily accessible, easy to make, non-patentable, mm. and they are effective. They work. But that information, as we're seeing all over the place, it's it's like whack-a-mole. You know, so it pops up over here and then it gets pushed down. Yes. And over here, yes, down. You've got to be really quick on the ball to find the information that you need to make an informed decision about what's going into your body and what choices you're making around your health. I had a very brave woman on the other day who talked about raw food diet. She had cancer and a few other problems. Um, Married to a narcissist, going through a nasty divorce. Mm -hmm. And uh, she actually discovered the raw food really did a great deal for her, but then she discovered urine therapy. And apparently urine therapy has been around for a very, very long time. But of course, it's not a sexy topic at all. And it's amazing. I mean, her her show has got so much um, following and and how many people admit to doing it. But her her husband, who in the middle of the divorce, has used it against her to take her child away from her. Right. So one of the things that really peeves me off, we should choose the right of which medicine we want for our body and nobody else because they're afraid of it should have the right to penalize us for it and she he's just really just using it as the true narcissist to have it over her to take the sun away um she's standing her ground because she's got all the data and everything behind it the proof of of the benefits of it but that takes courage and there are so many that have stood their ground and have taken the courage We've also heard in certain countries, certain people being killed yes, because they're rocking the boat too much. But if we all raise that voice in unison, mm-hmm. if we all demand together, um, as we are with politicians right now, we're tired of the BS. Yeah. We're tired of the, the cloak and dagger or the wool over our eyes. We just... You know, we just give it to us up front and let us make the decision of what we believe. Don't try and pose what you want us to believe. I'm so happy to hear you say that, Sarah. And I know that you and I are, are of like mind on many, many things. These days, it's, it's um, what's the right word? Um, <laughs> it's iffy. It's iffy if you stand your ground. It's, there are consequences that no, no one should ever have to deal no. with. To speak your truth and to say what you know and and this really this brings me to one of my my other tools and techniques to help empower people around making wise choices for themselves and that's about information mm. it's about simply doing your research yes find out what is really going on the information is available even if it's like a whack-a-mole you can still mm-hmm. find that there are enough prominent people speaking out 
high level people speaking out physicians and immunologists and virologists and researchers and scientists who are saying, this is the information we need you to have. Yeah. So find out. Otherwise, it's not informed consent. Right. It's as simple as that. Exactly. You know, it's you feel that sometimes you, you you go to a doctor with a problem and you feel like he's just kind of blind and trying to do a braille thing here of understanding and mm-hmm. and you feel powerless i mean how many times do you go to a doctor with, with a real problem and you get there and you kind of forgotten what it is because you feel paralyzed you know it's like the judgment i, I i'm an asthmatic and and uh, i went to a, a young doctor oh no we don't do that anymore no no you can't do this no you've got to do this you've got to do that and it's like, well, you know, I've had this for 60, how old am I? Yeah, you know, 64 years, you know, I, I do know my body and know what works and what doesn't work. No, I don't care about that. And it was just no honor or respect for my own body. This show is called Your Health is Your Choice. Yes. And it's called that for a reason, because we should have the choice over our health. Absolutely. And nobody should impose their opinion on us or make us feel small for asking questions or demanding a second opinion or wanting to know more. I had a wonderful doctor back in the 80s. And my my ex-husband is Chinese. And she would say to me, look, this is the problem. Now go and ask him what the solution is. (laughs) Right? So I tell him what the problem is. Oh, yeah, we just go along to a Chinese doctor. Look up the tongue, take your thing, take these herbs. Right? (laughs) But she was open-minded. Yeah. She was open-minded, you know, because um, she knew that don't just give me another pill. Yeah. Right. So, but she honored that, but there are not many that honored that because as you said, the white coat syndrome, it's, it, you find it in any line of work. Teachers, I'm a teacher, I know everything. So therefore, you know, mm-hmm. and when you get those egos in the way, which we know is really what humanity's problem is, mm-hmm. um, we don't have collaboration. We don't have community we have that hierarchy there that thinks they're more important than anybody else. And there's that disconnect. We're hungry for connection, aren't we? We're hungry to be heard. We don't want to be made small because we have this reoccurring health problem that nobody seems to have an answer to. And we're tired of of keep speaking about it, but we don't feel anybody's listening. And we should give a voice to anybody and everybody because everybody has a right to be heard mm-hmm. and ha- and guided and helped along the way of how we can get to the root of the problem and solve it. That's right. And this, this really speaks to the idea of a team, mm. that each individual has a team of practitioners around them who can collaborate with one yes. another and share ideas, get curious, connect some dots, see what else is available. And instead of not talking to one another you know i had a, I had an experience when my father was in the hospital just before he passed away um of every every time a new doctor would come into the room we'd have to go through the whole right. thing of this is what the situation is this is the surgery he's just had this is the reaction he had the last time he had this heart surgery could it be this could it be that everybody had a different opinion but nobody was talking to one another right so there were five or six different doctors none of whom were having the same conversation with each other. So there was no team. No. And as far as I'm concerned, the medical system let him down. Right. He did not have to die. Yeah. But because there was no communication all the way through, at least nothing, nothing that was concrete, there wasn't 
a collaboration. There wasn't a brainstorming session. It, it really felt like it was very, very haphazard. And each individual person might have been really trying to do their very best. Yeah. But when they're not speaking to their colleague about what the colleague did the night before, how can you, how can you have that collaboration? Right. And you know, very often too, they don't listen to the nurses and the nurses are there hands on, you know, they're, they're there for that particular pain attack or that suffering that, that they're listening, you know, they're paying attention and they're just dismissed. I mean, you know, obviously through this pandemic, we're looking at nurses and doctors and janitors and anybody else that works in the medical system as our heroes, but what they're going through and they're having to work together as a team because it's only through a team that they can save the lives. But we underestimate and we don't give enough credence to those nurses that are really most of the time hearing the patients of which, as you said, the doctor floats in, looks at a chart, da 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 da, floats out. Yeah. So what we're wanting, what we're wanting is for doctors to be more involved. Yeah. This is what it sounds like the, the, the request is, is please pay more attention and, and really listen to what I'm saying. Hear me when I tell you yeah. that my toe and my ear are both hurting. Yes. <laughs> What's the connection? <laughs> yeah. Now, this is about building bridges. So let's, let's shift over to mm. alternative healing for a moment. And let's look at what is the pro and what is the con. Because what I've noticed in my many, many years of being, being, being in the mainstream medicine and then also being in alternative medicine is that there are good people on both sides. Mm. There really shouldn't good be intentions, good intentions, good intentions and, and well-meaning and, and even well-educated on both sides. And there's also extremists on both yes. sides. And I've met the extremist doctors mm. in the mainstream medicine who are just absolutely like this and not listening or hearing or anything beyond what they've been taught and what they believe they know. And I have experienced the same thing in the alternative yeah. healing areas as well. So how do we have a conversation between these two disciplines that allows that free, free speech, free talking, free ideas, free flowing, rather than being like this with each other, you know, butting up heads with one another. And I don't know that I have the answer to that question. This is more of a rhetorical put it out there, but I'd love for people to really think about that. Yes. Um, I think that it's, I mean, you, you know here that in Victoria um, and on the island, we have like an 800 patient waiting list for doctors because we have so few doctors here. Mm -hmm. and, and in a lot of ways, that's forcing people to go and look for different solutions. And yeah. you have so many beautiful healers here on the island because we're drawn here from that wonderful energy that is here and that, and that sense of community and collaboration. Uh, you know, everything changes when the demand is there. So if we can come together as a collective, as a unit, as a team mm -hmm. and speak out and say, we are asking for more collaboration. We are asking for more conversation. We are asking for that merge where we can respect each other in each other's skills. No hierarchy, no egos. You know, this is, this is my forte. This is my strength. How can we look at the patient? Because we know the more the minds that you know the more we're going to find the solution and um, it's not one person knows it all and then if they do think they do then you're in trouble yes right <laughs> yeah. so 
I think that the demand has to be there from us, the patients, because mm-hmm. no change comes about while we're waiting for them to change. That's right. It comes That's about right. from us demanding the change, but that means we've got to be proactive. Now, it doesn't mean marching or protesting, but it means coming together as a force mm-hmm. and you know, negotiating and conversationing because every industry dies if it's not being fed properly. And if more and more people are going over to an alternative, then the doctors are going, well, where are they going? Yes. So maybe I need to have a conversation so there can be more of a, a fluidity between the, the modalities. Sorry, I'm on the I'm on my show. <laughs> You're too much in demand. <laughs> I think it's it is, you know. We look at Black Lives. We look at the Me Too movement. Look at the environment. It's those people that are willing to stand up. Mm-hmm. There's willing. They're willing. They're inspirational. That becomes invitational. Yes, you know, yes. uh, what they're saying is, is inspiring others. I hear you, you're, you know, you're, you're articulating what I didn't know I, I could speak. Mm-hmm. I'm behind you. And that gathering of that force gathers that momentum. And then as a crowd, it's not, I'm not against you, medical. Mm-hmm. I am asking us to be in partnership together. Because I had a wonderful psychiatrist on one time and she said, I've dropped the name psychotherapy into sacred therapy. Oh, I like that. And where it is, how can I understand the mind if I don't understand the heart and soul of you? Right. And how many doctors and, and even, you know, alternative things, they're, they're dealing with the problem, but everything stems from that heart and soul pain or anguish or the brain being out of sync mm-hmm. you know it, we're better when we're in rhythm with ourselves when we're in balance where you can't just take care of one thing and leave everything else out because we're going to lose that imbalance again so the whole of us needs to be addressed so that means the whole of the practitioners need to come together as a whole and a collective on Which both sides what holistic holistic medicine is all about yes is all about and on that level of let's look at the whole picture so we recently my daughter and i went to see a naturopath she's a neurological naturopath so her specialty is on the brain and brain health and this is for my daughter's functional neurological movement disorder which uh, appeared a couple of years ago for her and what i really love about a naturopath is the naturopath takes the time yes we were there for two hours she pulled apart the whole story. She asked questions. Mm. She set that time aside. And yes, we paid for it out of pocket and it was not inexpensive. However, it was well worth it because yeah. otherwise it's, as you say, it's the sort of 30 second, three minute, maybe 10 minutes if you're like, and, and my daughter does have a good physician who is willing to sit and listen to her and, and do what he can, but his hands are somewhat tied by yeah. the medical as well because we have this system that's based on specialists yes so the general doctor becomes the gatekeeper for our accessibility to the specialists which is a bit of a messed up system as far as i'm concerned (laughs) especially to see any specialists is a year or more to go and see them and by that time the problem has really deepened (laughs) because Mm -hmm. you know that stitch in time well you know it's now a great big huge ladder And and what I've witnessed in the alternative medicine and and energy healing worlds is a similar kind of um, 
categorization or compartmentalization. And, and I, was a, I was surprised to notice it. I was surprised to observe it because I did have this idealistic idea that if somebody was in alternative medicine was open to the ideas of Chinese medicine yes. or Ayurvedic medicine or energy medicine or herbalism and all of that, that, that they would just intrinsically have an openness. Mm. And yet what I'm seeing when I talk about the extremes on both sides is that there can be equally a narrow-mindedness yeah. of focus that this is the only thing. Right? Reiki is the only thing. There's yeah. only one way to do Reiki. Yes. Herbalism is the only thing. There's yeah. only one way to do herbalism. And people can get caught up in that, that pigeonhole of it's my way or the highway. Right. When I teach my Confident Healer program, that's my 10-month healer certification program, we look at healing from all kinds of different perspectives. You know, we do body language, we do energy healing, we look at the soul, we look at past lives, mm -hmm. we explore intuition, we explore different kinds of therapies like chakra therapy, um, aromatherapy. We work with as many different techniques mm. as possible. And the intuitive energy massage that I've created, that healing modality is a beautiful blend of things like Reiki and pranic healing and acupuncture and massage. And it's all brought together into that intuitive setting so that the practitioner learns to be flexible and open to whatever other ideas might be out there that can help primarily their client. And I, I came up against in two different instances, a, a body of work where the practitioner was so determined that, that that body of work was the only way things were going to be done, that they were unwilling to allow mm. anyone who'd been certified in that process to have on their business card, anything but that process. Mm. And I've seen that in a few different places. Why? Why can't I be a Reiki master and a aromatherapist and have both of those things on my business card? Right. <laughs> One does not dilute the other. If anything, it brings everything up to a higher vibration. And it's the same between mainstream medicine and alternative medicine. Right. If you bring them together, yes. everything gets accelerated. Healing gets accelerated. Long-term health gets accelerated. It, 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 it's a no-brainer to me. Yeah, it, it's kind of like the Kentucky Fried Chicken Syndrome, isn't it? You know, it's that you only sell one thing. And, mm. you, you know, if you go into a restaurant with a full menu, it's diverse, right? And you're going to try all sorts of different dishes because they're pleasing in different ways. And it's like, well, why can't... Why can't the chef is can produce all of these dishes, mm -hmm. right? So, so why can't we have also the same, you know, um, modalities in 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 healing? It just means you are more of a holistic healer because you have, and the the thing is too is that you recognize in a certain area that may not be your strength, right? Mm -hmm. And now you know the community to go to. I'm recognizing this. I've done that, but I know they need more. Right yeah. in this area, and that's it. You know, I hate the word competitive, it's out competitive in comparison. I do not like at all that mm -hmm. collaboration of community where we work together. You know, we now are looking at the patient as a whole person and coming together as, as a community to help that person. Mm -hmm. Um, this you know, it's like the one size fits all. No, it doesn't, it doesn't, it never has, and it never will. There is a point that I do want to bring up because there's a show I'm going to do on this because it irks me. I recently hired someone 
for um, a family member uh, to have um, some consultation on a problem and she said in the first thing I know I have to wait for this to happen before I can help you to do that and then she booked a second one and the second one she charged even more than the first one without even mentioning money and it still was not an hour and it still left her with with well what did I learn here a little bit but nothing like that and it's 450 US dollars later and so you know I think the due diligence are as 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 a person looking for that holistic person, you want to have that free phone call with someone. Do they hear you? Do they see you? Mm -hmm. you are you going to get what you're going to pay for? Right. Right. Or is it just like, you know, they're, they're rather like the doctors next. <laughs> it's all about the bill. Mm -hmm. um, so it doesn't matter how big or bright someone's advertising is, is do they have the ability to see you and if they're not willing to give that free you know consultation to know you then you know they're not the right person for you which i should have done my due diligence <laughs> <laughs> well and this, this comes back to research and responsibility yes These are two of my favorite words do your research mm -hmm. and be responsible right be responsible for your research and yep. also ultimately be responsible for your own health and well-being. Yes. Because one of the things that we have been taught is to give that over to whomever is helping us, whether they're an alternative practitioner or they're a mainstream practitioner. We're still expecting them to solve our problems for us. Yeah. That's us giving away our autonomy. Yes. And our, and our free will, whether you're doing it to the, the psychic healer or you're doing it to the mainstream physician. It's the same process that falls to the patient. Yep. That's the patient's responsibility. And this is what my, my approach is always about empowering. Mm. It's the foundation of everything that I do. I want to empower my clients to learn how to look after themselves so they don't keep coming back to see me. Right. You know, it's <laughs> also it's also training them, you know, how to ask the right questions. You know, yeah. and again, don't be apologetic. Why are you apologizing? You know, uh, you, you're not meant to know it all. You know, the yeah. practitioner is the person that's being trained in this. If you knew everything, mm -hmm. I've recently had to have my car fixed. I took it in to have wheel alignment and, and um, uh, oil change, etc. $900 later with brakes and a, a bent this and a bent that. It's like, ah, uh -huh. <laughs> Obviously, I was only looking at one part of the car and they had to look at the whole thing of the car. We'll do it for our car, but how yeah. come we won't do it for ourselves? And that's an analogy I often use when I'm really trying to demonstrate for someone how disconnected they have yeah. become from their own well-being. Yeah. I often use the car analogy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a car is, a, is an entire system. Yes. And for it to run efficiently and effectively, everything needs to be working smoothly and working together. It's the same thing in our bodies. And this, this brings us to the conversation around body language. Mm -hmm. So in the way that I teach my students, we look at what does it mean symbolically to the emotional experience when pain shows up in various parts of our body. So we bring in the whole learning of the discipline of the chakra system. And, and the chakra system has been around in many cultures for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. This is information that has been built on and built on and built on over, over eons. It's, it has evolved with us. And even in separate parts of the world, the understanding of what's happening at the energy level in the body is similar because 
that's that's how we've made it symbolic. So we look at if you're having a lot of pain and discomfort in your reproductive organs or in your lower bowel, and then we, we apply the body language information around the chakra system, then we look at what does that area of your body represent? What does it hold in terms yeah. of your human journey? Well, it's the area that represents childhood, family of origin, mm -hmm. tribe, ancestors. So what was going on for you when you were a child that you may still be holding on to yeah. now in that part of your body that needs healing, mm -hmm. right? Because in my, in my personal uh, view of all of this, what I've learned and what I teach is that the body never lies to you. No. Our bodies never lie to us and they hold incredible wisdom. So yes, your sore toe could just be a sore toe, and yes, you could take an aspirin or put a Band-Aid on it or get the surgery if it's bunions, whatever it is. That's, that's what you can do at the physical. And then I would invite you to consider, all right, what is the meaning of the toe? Mm -hmm. What does the foot represent? Are you walking your path? Are you feeling grounded to the earth? Do you feel like you belong? Or do you have wounding around that? Yes. And I know that if we do the work on the wounding at the emotional and energetic level, we will permanently heal the toe mm -hmm. and that pain will not come back again because you've worked on what it was the body was trying to talk to you about. The willingness to explore. I've tried many, many different modalities. You know, we both have fibromyalgia. Uh, I don't know how many times that, oh, I've got something that will fix you. Oh, take it away forever and this and that. Yeah, yeah, they're okay. Um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, some things you just learn to manage. Mm -hmm. Right. And maybe the vehicle has just been damaged beyond a particular repair, but it, it's still functional because you can manage it and you know what to do to nurture it. Mm -hmm. We have to be willing to explore things we don't understand. Yes. Right. And it's like, oh, I, I don't know what Reiki is or this or that. Or I don't know what you mean by, you know, um, opening up, you know, that energy source of soul talk or anything like that. Just because you don't know it doesn't mean it's bad for you. you know, why, where does fear come from? A lack of knowledge. When we understand, we know whether to be fearful for it really or not. So we have to sometimes just be willing to explore. If your gut feels, you know, your core feels, you know what, this, this feels good. I'm going to give this a try. Mm -hmm. And just be open and be willing and allow yourself to go through the process. You don't have to be ahead of the game. Right. Be present in the now. Work on the moment, whatever you're meant to be doing in that moment, in that healing modality. It will open up the doors to whatever it is meant to open up. But we, we're inclined to kind of want to control and dictate and how things should be. Let go of that, right? <laughs> Let go of that, because that's part of the problem, holding on to something too much. Well, yes. And then the other part of the problem, as we've said, is when we hand over our yeah. wellness to somebody else and make them the expert on us. Yeah. We are the expert on us. No one yes. else is in your body, but you. Right. <laughs> right. And, and until you're willing to kind of try different things, you're not going to know what is good for you. You will know when something feels right. You'll yeah. try this, you'll try that. Oh, I am oh, I'm feeling good. Oh, I'm feeling that connection. This is good for me. And, you know, there may be then something else that will come up and go, okay, this isn't quite working as it did. I've obviously got something else. What else can I try? But you've got to be willing to work with the body and what it needs and, and work with the other people. You know, you've got the expertise. 
to mm -hmm. help people open up and discover their own voice inside. Yeah. And to learn how to listen to that voice without apology. And that's part of that process is learning how to listen to that voice. That's, that's a lot of what I work with is, is helping people to understand what their intuition is and what their body is trying to say to them and create a connection between the body and the soul and the self. Yeah. Our, our mainstream medicine only acknowledges the body. And on the opposite side of the bridge, sometimes the alternative healings only recognize the energy or the soul and don't recognize the body. Mm -hmm. So, you know, again, there's that meeting in the middle and let's look at both sides of this as if it were the same thing, which of course it is. Yes. <laughs> it is your body. So, you know, there's some really simple techniques that people can do to help them with that voice, especially if they, if they really do have that white coat syndrome and, mm -hmm. um, and feel like they just forget what they went there for as soon right. as they cross the threshold and see the white coat. And that is to write it down. Yes. Look it up and write it down. So you've got a weird pain and it's in your abdomen. Okay. So look up abdomen pain. And I know there's a lot of stuff out on the internet that can be confusing and, and yes. Um, and don't go immediately down. I've got cancer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the symptoms are the same. You know? It's not about going down the rabbit hole. Yes. It's about looking at, what could it possibly yes. be so that you have the language mm -hmm. and you know what questions to ask right and then you write them down and you take your piece of paper with you and you pull it out of your bag or your pocket and you say okay doctor here's what hurts and here's what i'm wondering if it could be can we look at all of this together right, right? because then you're having a very different kind of conversation if you come into the office and the white coat shows up and, and you just go numb and, and mm -hmm. you don't say anything and you just nod and you leave with the prescription, nothing's been solved. Nope. Nothing's been solved. No, now, now you're on the eighth antibiotic for the year and your whole system is breaking down because of it, right? So, right. yeah, you know, it's... That teamwork. It is our choice. We, we have to, just like we have to own our own choices in life in anything we do, our health is one of them. Yes. And you know how you feel. And you know, okay, I just, I, I am out of sorts. The energy is down or this is down, that is down. Is there stress in my life? Am I worried about something? Have I not been eating nutritionally? Why do, you know, if we were talking to a friend, we would be asking them these questions. So why can't we sit down and ask ourselves these questions? Mm -hmm. Well, and I think part of that has to do with wanting to change or not wanting to change. Yes. You know, there's a whole psychology of illness. There's a lot of benefit that we can learn that we get when we are sick. Mm -hmm. And so for a lot of people, they are their illness. Yes. And that is their identity. And it's yeah. scary as heck to lose that identity mm -hmm. or to lose that dynamic and that relationship with another person in your life who, ha who, learned, who has learned of how you are, you know, has learned that you're prone to getting sick all the time or whatever it is, you know, that we set up relationships with the people around us based on how we show up in the world. And we right. teach people how to treat us. Yes, we do. So if I'm chronically ill all the time, and the benefit to me is that I don't have to go to work or there's not as much of an expectation that I'm going to participate in my life or be there for somebody else, or I get a lot of love and attention because I'm not well all the time. 
I will learn that as my identity. Yeah. And then if someone like me comes along yes. and says to that person, mm, I'm going to call you out on this, yeah. on this BS that you're doing, I'm going to suggest that you, you really look at who you are and how you want to be in the world. If that person is my ideal client, then they're really, they're willing, ready, and able to make those changes. But if they're not, no. that's okay. I mean, that's okay. That's their choice. I get yes. it. It's not my place to make it different for them, but I would I'd like the opportunity to demonstrate that this may be the pattern that they're in. Yeah. And that they've chosen this pattern. Yeah. And I know that's not a popular. No, it idea, isn't. No. But it is the truth. Yeah. At least my truth. I know when I was chronically ill, I was choosing that. Yeah. And it wasn't an easy thing to look at myself in the mirror and go, hmm, yikes. Okay, yeah, there is actually a benefit to my being chronically in pain. I see that now. Do I want to continue to be in pain or do I want to decide that I can change that mm. for myself and to advocate for myself and yes. my health needs for myself and then also with other health practitioners to be able to say to my doctor, this is what I need. That's the advocating piece of it. Yeah. You know, and I think also... You know, I I am Sarah who happens to have, mm -hmm. you know, and they are my challenges in life as every single one of us gets given a challenge in life. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it could be your female, it could be your color, it could be your sexual orientation, it could be your point of view. We, we've all got these little challenges that we walk around with. Um, don't let it define you. But it is it is going to be your guidance system where you need to honor your body. I can't do X, Y, and Z anymore. Well, instead of beating myself up of it, I concentrate on what I can do. Right. right? You know, that chapter is closed. I can't do that. All right. That's okay. That doesn't demean me or bring me down any further. It just means, okay, put more of the energy where I can do it. And it's also don't apologize for any of the challenges you're going through. Mm -hmm. Um we should never ever have to apologize if we have a health issue, whether it's a mental issue or a physical issue. And some of us can kind of, okay, let's just get on with it, mm -hmm. you know, do our best. And then we have those days where the body taps you on the shoulder and go, okay, it's my day mm -hmm. and you've got to listen to me. And we've also got to learn that whether you have a challenge or not, we need to give our bodies, mind, hearts, and souls the day off now and again. Some tender, loving care. Because when we're inclined to demand too much of ourselves and we wear ourselves down and that's when things start breaking down. So to say no now and again, no, I'm sorry, I can't do that. No, I'm taking a me day. No, I don't need to apologize for it. I don't need to justify I'm taking a me day. I think no can be really good for your immune system. Yes, yes. <laughs> and you got people go, what, you said no? Yes, I said no. <laughs> and that really brings us back to that finding your voice. Yeah. What, what voice do you have? And how would you like it to be different if what you are, if how you're using your voice is not getting you the results that you are wanting to have or hoping for? Yeah. You know, and, it, and it can take an enormous amount of energy and, com and well, compassion for the self, yeah. commitment to your own health, to be your own advocate, because you are up against a system that doesn't want you to have a voice. It's not convenient for you to have a voice. It's not convenient for you to know what is actually going on in your body. 
and to speak the same language as the experts. At least that's been my experience. Right. You know, the ego and, and the control, we see it in every industry. We see it running through. The people with the greatest insecurity have the highest in ego. And the way they like to kind of lord over other people is with control. Mm -hmm. Making you feel powerless makes them feel bigger. Mm -hmm. If you do have any form of practitioner, either side of the, uh, the equation, where you can see the ego is ruling and they're just simply not there to hear you, and then it's time to walk away. And you're, oh, I, don't have, I can't get another doctor. Well, there's, they're all online now. You can call them if you need an emergency, or maybe it's time to walk away from that medicine and start exploring another, another alternative, right? Yeah. Don't get stuck because, I mean, I had somebody who was, she was with an incredibly abusive doctor that refused to listen to her, which eventually came out with the problem that she had, that he refused, even when it was classified that she had it. And he was just awful. I, I don't have another doctor to go to. And I said, you don't need another doctor to go to because this doctor's killing you just by not believing you, by being demeaning to you. And you need to walk away from him because that's part of your healing modality. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And that means also sometimes the people in your life too. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> you know, if, if, if our bodies are breaking down, if our minds are breaking down, it's something going on in within us, but it's also something going on around us. So, you know, we have to pay attention to that. And if we don't like the feeling, then we've got to change it. Which means you've got to take ownership over your own life and, and participate. <laughs> That's the responsibility piece. And it's not always easy, and nor no. do you have to do it by yourself. No. Back to that you community, know. right? There are people That's there true. to support you. Yeah. Reach out and find, find out who else is experiencing what you are mm. experiencing. There are so many amazing stories of yes. healing out there. Healing within mainstream medicine and healing within alternative medicines. You can find examples of the cures. You know, you can find examples of the solution. Yeah. The person who did, in fact, come back from Alzheimer's and dementia. Yes. The person whose Parkinson's subsided. If you look for it, you will find people who have had those experiences, those miraculous healings, when really what it is, is, is they're the, the person willing to do the work mm. with themselves and for themselves. Yeah. And try something a little bit different. I had a, a student of mine, she was diagnosed with colon cancer. And when she was given the diagnosis, she decided, having, having done a lot of her training with me at that point, that she was going to do some of her own treatment. Mm -hmm. And she found some ways of changing her diet. And she found some certain supplements that she'd learned other people had had success with. She did her research. And for six weeks, she was on a very strict regimen of not only what she was doing for her physical body, but what she was doing for her heart and her soul mm -hmm. and doing a lot of the healing work around that. She went back to her doctor and the cancer was gone. Right. And her doctor said to her, huh, I guess the tests were wrong. Right. <laughs> yes. We we, the test must have been wrong. Right. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, there, there's a, a lovely story of somebody I, I interviewed whose brother was a co-owner of the Lakers. So they, their mother died of cancer. So she was very, very, you know, cognizant of this. And she went, to, I think, either into aromatherapy or herbs. I can't remember. They both got cancer and he, the best money could buy. Well, after four operations, they irradiated him and killed him. And she went with a two feathers, uh, an ancient Indian modality, took out 18 growths out of her body and took them to her doctor, who still insisted she needed a mastectomy. So to just, if they're like that, walk away, walk away, walk away, right? Well, here's a a technique that I wanted to share, actually, um, to diffuse that, that energy, that dynamic between the doctor and the patient. If you're in the hospital and you're lying down on one of those hospital beds, mm-hmm. put it up. Yes. Put it up and raise it so that when the doctor comes in, you are at eye level mm-hmm. with the doctor. Yes. So we did this one time. My, my husband and I were in the, I was going in for one of my many surgeries and we're in the admitting room and we're just playing with the bed. We're just being goofy because that's a great way to you know blow off steam or whatever. And I said to him, raise it up, raise it up. So we raised it as high as we could. I said, okay, let's just, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens when the doctor comes in, when the surgeon comes in. So the surgeon comes in and he looks at me like this, because I'm now way up here. (laughs) And I've got a big grin on my face. And he says, right. Well, if you're going to be up that high, you need to have the sides of the bed up. It's a liability issue. And I was wheeled into the operating room, sitting up like that. I came in like I was on some kind of wonderful float or something, you know. Right. And, and all the nurses were commenting, I've never seen anyone come into surgery like this. This is amazing. <laughs> Love it. So I share that with my, with my clients if they're fr- afraid of what's going to happen or if they feel like when, once they're in that institution, they become small yes. again. Everybody else is so much bigger. Well, yeah, that's the perspective actually at the physical level. So even the playing field, and you can do it. You're not going to get in trouble. They're not right. going to get you out of the hospital. No, no. And that's you know, the way of taking back your power. Right. You know, we see an awful lot of medical shows, and I, I find that I can't kind of watch them because anytime somebody comes up with wanting a holistic or a different thing, it always kind of goes back to cultish or, you know, they're doing the child harm or, you know, and, and it's like, oh, will you stop pushing? the western medicine will you start putting in how they can work together you could be doing a service to humanity by showing how the western medicine and holistic medicine can come together and work together instead of demeaning the holistic and just pushing the western and you kind of think who is the commercials for this ah yeah farmer right (laughs) yeah so again you know we say all the time what what you plant and what you water and what you nurture is what's going to grow. Yes. So, you know, grow the, the possibility that there is always a different answer and I'm willing to look for it. And right? don't be afraid to take control of your health. Right. Right. Yes, exactly. Now to change topic completely. <laughs> We're also featuring your daughter's art today. She's actually doing a project for me 
um, for my wonderful landlady who's going to be turning 88 and has a cat. She's going to be doing the picture of the cat for me. But we're, we're also sharing um, in the posting today her art, um, Emily Harrison Edge. And it's very, very diverse, her art. You know, she's kind of got the, 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 the body where you can see the characters and then you can also see beautiful landscapes and lots of colors. Let's discuss a little bit about your daughter's art because we had to include it in here today. She is so diverse in her talents. I'm constantly in awe and, mm -hmm. and inspired by both. Both my daughters are incredibly artistic and creative. Emily, when she was less than one year old, picked up her first crayon and drew her first picture. Now it was it was no Monet, but you, it was more like a Picasso. <laughs> it was actually on a napkin. We were at a restaurant and she picked up the crayon and she, she did a spiral, which was phenomenal. Right. Really under one? A yeah. spiral. Yeah. I, I still have it somewhere in her files and she's not, she's never stopped. So now right. she's 19. So for 19 years, she has been always, always drawing, teaching herself, immersing in her art. And this year in particular, she decided to do a gap year uh, between high school and university. And she has been every day online doing her online self-directed art courses. She's learning animation. That's what she wants to do mm. with, her, with her life. She wants to become an animator for big, big movies. Disney, if you're listening, she'd really like to come and work for you. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, she's not, she's not pigeonholing herself into one particular style. Yes, I can not see that. Like my healing practice now right exactly <laughs> the apple hasn't fallen too far from the tree here it's just a different form of art <laughs> that's great so what she's doing for you you've commissioned her to do this beautiful painting of, of well, i don't want to give it away um it's okay she she doesn't listen to my shows it's of mimi who is actually knocking up the door right now <laughs> <laughs> mimi the cat <laughs> Uh, you know, equally, she can do these, she does these beautiful landscapes, as you said, she does these beautiful houses. Yeah. I've had her paint our neighbor's house over here on Main Island, and she did that beautiful picture of the back of the cottage. Yes, I saw that. That was great. And she just does it. I, yes. She just picks up a pen or picks up her paintbrush, and she just goes. It's yeah. And, and, and she's, you know, she's not kind of what we call the one-stroke artist. You can see, you know, how she plays with color, how she plays with movement. Um, you know how she how she plays with definition, and uh, you know her. I've got uh, one, two, three, there five, and ten. I've got fourteen of her pictures up here for people to have a look at, and of course the you know they can commission her to yeah. do any art for her, which is you know one of the things what we wanted to do is kind of plug her today, and they can find her on TikTok, Tumblr, and Instagram, and when they come to your page, even uh, just mentioning your name, Megan Edge on selfdiscoverymedia.com, they'll see all of your other shows, and plus a leading to your your daughter's art, and it's the thing that I, you know, and you with your own podcast and your own healing, we always find that one thing that is that healing. For some people, it's music, maybe dance, or maybe it's art, or maybe it's writing. But we'll find something that allows our energy to flow. And if you find that, don't look for perfection. You know, oh, I don't, I'll never be as good as. Forget about that. I want that out of your dialogue altogether. You're doing it for you. It's your heart center, it's your soul center, it's your pleasure. And then people will get pleasure out of that because you have put your heart and soul into it. Yeah. And for Emily, that is her art has always been her, her go-to, her therapy, her, her way of healing mm -hmm. herself. And, you know, as I watched this 
uh, functional neurological condition develop for her and and what and just how how challenging that was that first year and she ended up having to leave school early because she couldn't function um, part of her her condition is that her body spasming mm. and when that happens she just she can't she can't even walk I mean it's just right. heartbreaking and yet through all of that through the fatigue and the exhaustion the nausea and all of it she's still doing her work Right. She's putting out two or three drawings every day. I mean, this woman is prolific. Yeah. And I'm not just saying that because I'm her mother and I absolutely love her. This is, she's got mad skills, this girl. Right. <laughs> she's your inspiration. She is absolutely my inspiration. Yeah. yeah. And you know, that that's the thing is that, um, you know, I love watching talent shows and, and you, you'll hear a singer that's, you know, technically great. You know, that was really nice. And then you hear the singer that's singing from the gut, from the heart, from the soul. And they, 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 they've just given you shivers and, and they've just, oh, you know, you felt that. And, and that's, you know, the, the thing about the arts, you know, it is that connection. But anybody that's passionate about what they do, you know, those are the people to go to because, you know, their heart is in it. Their soul is open to the information, to the knowingness. They're here to want to make a difference in your life. And those are the people that, you know, feel them. It's not just about their credentials. You know, yes, they have a, a skill or a technique, but how much is their heart into it? Because if you know the heart is into it, you know that they're going to be able to serve you right. There's an embodiment mm. that you feel with somebody who is really passionate about the work that they do, whatever that is and how they show up in the world yeah that you you, you feel it in your body you, you feel that draw to that authenticity that that they have and those are the most amazing people those are yes. the people around yourself with yes in any aspect of our life whether it's the medical holistic or anything in life because you know the healing isn't just like you know having that dialogue with your inner self and working through what you need it's a constant it's a constant being engaged, being immersed in the right energy, because mm -hmm. it's very easy to go back to the problem. You know, it's like an elastic band. It will snap back mm -hmm. if you haven't severed the band and if you're not continuing to do the work. Now, it doesn't mean it's as hard as it was in the beginning. It becomes just something that becomes part of your lifestyle. But it's yeah. a way of honoring who you are so the best of you can come out and be of service to others. Absolutely, I agree 100%. <laughs> so um, I know that, you know, during COVID, you, you know, your practice kind of took a back seat because it was hands on and that you, you went into beautiful developing of gardens, which is, again, you know, again, those beautiful planting of things and the richness of the soil and allowing things to grow is very, very healing as well. But uh, what are you doing now and what are you offering out to, the, to your people? Well, one of my focuses has been over the last year and a half, learning and teaching myself about tree medicine. Mm. And we are so fortunate here in, in the southern west coast to have these amazing forests oh. around us and these incredible trees. And, you know, many of the indigenous peoples in Canada referred to the conifers as the tree of life. Yeah. Because there is so much medicine in the needles, in the resin, in the bark, in, in all of it. And the properties of these constituents, like the needles and the resin, are things that are really pertinent right now. Mm. There are things that are like anticoagulants. Uh, there are aspects of, of the trees that are anti-mucus. So they, they help to dispel mucus in the lungs. They help to support the lungs. Antiviral, 
antimicrobial, antibacterial, I call them all the antis. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> and, and to a degree, all of the conifers have these, and then some of them have them in different kinds of levels. So, right. you're working, so what I'm learning about now and teaching others is how to recognize what these trees are, which, what is a fir, and what is a cedar, and what are, what's different about them, and then how to work with the different elements of them. So working with the resins, working with the, the balms, or working with the needles rather, and then creating, what I've been doing is creating salves and balms for people from the different plant medicines that they can apply topically to mm. support their overall immunity, as well as working with the needles as food, believe it or yes. not, you wouldn't know it, or you wouldn't think it necessarily, but right. uh, you can make Nature wastes nothing, right? That's right, yep. You can bake with them, you can grind them up and put them into capsules and in, ingest them. And this is not only ancient medicine, this is medicine that is being explored and researched by modern scientists. Yes. You go to PubMed and you look up pine needle tea or pine needles, you will find the research projects that are ongoing and have been for the last 120 years looking at how can we benefit from these amazing medicines that are in nature and what i would say to that in the theme of our conversation today in conjunction with mm. what modern medicine can offer us not to the exclusion of right it. you know i like to say that modern medicine is very reactive and it's mm. really good at that yeah if there's an emergency situation get yourself to the hospital exactly don't put pine needles on your severed artery, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> then on the other hand, for your healing, yes, let's work with the salves. Let's work with the mm. anticoagulants. You know, let's get the bruising down by putting the salve on. And I've seen it with my own eyes. It's phenomenal how quickly it works. And let's do them both together at the same at the same time. So I'm creating this line now of nature based. And I can see the book being written. <laughs> as you speak there's you're a book the in that yes, yes yes you're about the third person to tell me that. yes sorry that book is needing to be written <laughs> yes yeah well and as i as i learn it um, and as i work with it and then as i see anecdotally the results of people working with my products mm. there's the there's the story of yeah how to do this and why you're in why. research right now <laughs> That's right. I'm in research right now. but i am selling my products as well it's mm. it's very very much on a personal basis so if somebody knows that i'm doing it and they reach out and they want to purchase a, a salve or um, a balm you know i've got them all made up and everything for people to work with them i they're not online yet um, yet I'll get there. but these people they seem to be flying off the shelves without even yes. right be online because as you identified people really are looking for alternatives yeah. Yeah. And, and just that willing to try. The other thing I think that's really, really important for people to know, if you get sick and you take an antibiotic or a painkiller, there is kind of a quick reaction to it. When you are going to be taking any form of alternative or holistic medicine, it's got to go in there and undo the problem before it can start healing the problem. So it can take up to three months before you start seeing some real change because it's working systematically and cellularly at you know removing where the barrier is and then the healing can start to reboosting it. Don't look for a quick fix. That is true. Although I will say um, in my own experience, especially working with the tree medicines, I have seen some pretty phenomenal 
immediate results. So my elderly neighbor had a, a cut and a bruise on her arm and the whole thing had, had gone into a big contusion and she had this massive bruise. Mm. And she came to me for some of the, the fur resin salve that I had made. And I said to her, let's just try it. At the very least, it'll be nourishing to your skin. She came back six hours later and I'm not making this up. I couldn't make it up if I tried. She came back six hours later, running back and said, look at my arm. And what had been a deep burgundy bruise mm -hmm. had turned to a very light mottled greeny color. Right. Within six hours, the anticoagulant nature of that resin went to work on her arm. And within three days, that bruise was gone and she'd had it for three weeks. You know yeah. about the boiled egg treatment, don't you? Like, <laughs> my kids laugh at me all the time because I'm always bringing it up, but it works. And you hard boiled an egg, take the shell off while it's hot and apply the hot egg to wherever the bruising area is or the swelling. And it takes it from that first stage to the last stage. And it's just, I don't know what enzyme is in the egg, but it works, right? Nature yeah. always has an answer. Always, always it's just you've got to be willing to try it you know i don't care how ridiculous it sounds but yeah. if it works it works and it works for a reason that's right that's right and honestly at the end of the day sarah i don't really care what somebody does yeah help themselves as long as they have helped themselves yes you know one modality is not better or worse than nope. the other if it works for you great do it if it doesn't work for someone over here, let, they can find something else. Right. And be willing to explore. Not like, oh, I tried it once and it didn't work and I'm not going to do anything else again. You know, we wouldn't have a light bulb if that was the case, right? We, we right. just keep trying. We keep, we keep exploring because we will come across that something that is that answer. And it is good, the answer to where you are right now. And then later on, there might be a different question and a different answer. But be willing constantly to open up and to learn. But don't forget to apply and be yeah. consistent and persistent in your own healing. And I would say that to both the patient and the physician. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, this big word time, absolutely everybody's on the same clock. And it's what we do with our time that counts. But I think one of the greatest things we can do, not only to to the patients, but to ourselves, is give ourselves time. Yes. Right? You know, it's 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 not about the quota. It's mm -hmm. rather about the quality. Yeah. And I've often said to patients or to clients, um, how long did it take you to get here? Yeah. Oh, it's taken me 10 years. I've, I've been like this for 10 years. Okay. Yeah. So it might take a few sessions. <laughs> yes, exactly. There's a lot of undoing before we can start, you know, doing what you need to, to, to be. And that's what people need to understand. You have to undo in order to be able to get the right ingredient in there to really start the healing. And if you're not willing to do that, then, I'm, you know, your, your health is your choice, but if you really want to be healthy, then you're going to investigate, you're going to explore, you're going to try things out, you're going to be patient with yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not going to rush. I just want it now. No, anything that you want now is not going to be sustainable. You've got to be willing to take those steps and be persistent and consistent with it, because that's the only way you're going to see the results. There was something that my father said to me when he was in the hospital because I was bringing in my essential oils and I was working with them. And, and if anyone's really interested, they can go back and watch our show on essential oils. Yes, please They're do. Really eye-opening. Yeah. <laughs> um, all essential oils are not the same. 
So the, the ones that I was bringing into the hospital, these were the Young Living Oils. These are, that's right, those ones there. Um, they're pure, they're no, not adulterated. There's mm. nothing else to them except for the, the oils of these plants. Very, very high, high yeah. quality, high vibration. So I was bringing these in and I was working with him doing the massage and incorporating my intuitive energy massage with the aromatherapy. And he had never really been open to any of this before. He, he, he kind of thought it was a bit hoo-hoo. Mm-hmm. He said to me, whenever you come in, as soon as I smell the oils, I feel my heart start to slow down and right. I can breathe again. And he was having a lot of, he ended up with ARDS, adult respiratory distress syndrome, which is what a lot of people are experiencing right now. Um, and he said to me, I would love to see people like you mm. in the hospitals Yes. Doing this yes. energy and aromatherapy for patients like me. Yeah. You know, and, and in the end, I, I didn't save him. It wasn't my job to do that. It wasn't my role to do that. But what I was able to do was to make it easier for him. Make it more comfortable. And not yeah. just for him, but for everybody around him. Right. Because, you know, what was interesting is the nurses came in and spent longer with him mm. because they liked how the room smelt and they right. liked how they felt when they were there. Right. He did actually get better care because of something like that. So there's yes. all these connections. It's all, it's, yeah. Yes. So, hospitals. <laughs> yeah, I know. And you know, the, you know, it, it's the same ridiculous thing about giving day old food away to the homeless. They'd rather throw it away than give it away because lawyers got involved and lawsuits got involved. And if we could take that away, yes, have accountability, but even doctors make mistakes. You know, you, you can't know everything, especially in, in a stressful situation. But the more the heads are together, mm-hmm. looking for a solution, addressing the problem, recognizing, oh, I've seen that before, you know, uh, the more you have a chance of really healing. And, you know, I don't want to be compartmentalized. I don't want to be a little box on the shelf up there. Please see me as a whole, as the whole of me and pay attention to the whole of me and what I need in order to to heal. And then, as I said, the responsibility of us participating in our own choices, our own health, our own life. And if you can't honor yourself, please don't expect someone else to honor you. Mm-hmm. Yes, very wise. <laughs> so the next show will be on the book of trees. <laughs> sure to have you back before then anyway um i do invite people you do have a book out there anyway let's tell everybody about the book because we talked about that at our first show oh yes we did hang on two seconds let me quickly grab it on the shelf it is the heart's journey and this is it's more than a book it is a whole box set and Mm -hmm. in in, it's a healing tool is what i like to call it and in here you have the book that talks about my story. I share my story in here. I share my heart's journey of what it was like to be going through a very difficult situation of, of choosing to leave my marriage of 23 years with two little kids and trying to do it in such a way that I could stay with my heart and stay heart-centered and stay in integrity and authenticity. Um, and then how these beautiful hearts in nature, which is what this is all about, um, how I found them and, and they helped me stay with my heart yes and then you get this little beautiful journal so that you can put all of your wonderful things that you're learning about yourself in there and then in the box set there is the box of the oracle cards there's 42 full color cards yes and these are all of the hearts that i found in nature or they found me yes one has a, a message to help with the healing of our heart and you get your beautiful pen you get your bookmark and it all comes together in this gorgeous box it's a beautiful gift 
for someone who's going through a hard time mm. or someone you know who's doing some healing work of their own and also what a great gift to give to yourself yeah and the fact that you have that journal you know it, it is good to document how you're feeling because reflection you know, you're feeling like this today and you go back and look at it and go, oh, I understand why I was feeling that way. Or if I could feel that good then, why can't I feel good now? You know, it's hindsight is good as mm -hmm. long as it propels you forward into understanding where you are now and where to go next. And then, you know, the healing cards is I use cards to what do I need to know today? You know, and it's always very something very, very poignant. And it's just a way of kind of focusing in on what you need to know in the now. Yes, and giving yourself that meditative moment. Yes, that's um, that's where the focus needs to be right now, not on everything else, because this is what your heart and soul needs right now to heal the body. So I'm just thinking as we're as we're closing out, what if I were to pull us a card to see where our heart is at in this moment as we talk about our health and our well-being. This always <laughs> comes up in my show, and it's it's and it's really apropos right now. You know, the wind blowing the trees, the ocean, the serenity. <laughs> I love it. So look at this. This is called heart knot. Mm -hmm. This is a piece of lichen. That's the other thing I'm working with is the lichens right now. But we can talk about that another time. Yeah, yes. I don't even know what that is. Delicate hearts can become so entangled in the judgment of others, mm. causing confusion, pain, and fear. That sounds familiar to where we are right now, doesn't right. it? Right. It is time to take a break from struggling to know what another wants of you. Simply float in who you are. How exactly. Exactly. Definitely. And then, you know, that is kind of the underlying message to everything, isn't it? You yeah. are enough. Know you. Be you. You're a gift to the world. Your gift needs to be shared. And, you know, if you're living the external life, this is where the internal starts playing up and going wrong because it is begging you to come home. Yes. And I think it's really important for us to remember that there isn't anything wrong with us. No. We're not broken. Nope. The medical system would have us believe we are broken and some of the alternative medicine systems also would have us believe that we are broken my approach to the work that i do is that we start from the place of recognizing that we are not broken and there is nothing to fix mm -hmm. and we go from there yeah we can get there a lot we can get to the to where we want to be a lot quicker if we start from the premise that there's actually nothing wrong with us in the first place i kind of like to look at it if that i'm out of balance or i'm out of sync and then when I get back into balance, everything will kind of fall into place. And it's what's throwing me out of balance, you know, and what do I need to get back into that succinctness? Because then you're, you're in the right alignment with self, right? So, yeah, as I said, I've got this disease and I've got asthma. There are things that I have, but they don't define me. And I just have to learn how to manage them. And that means keeping things in balance. Exactly. keeping that equilibrium and doing what I need to do in order to keep that balance. You are not your diagnosis. Nope. I'm certainly not. Yep. It's just, you know, what a, a package I have to carry around, <laughs> <laughs> but no, you know, I think the moment that you allow any kind of form of illness or anything to define you or become you, you've mm -hmm. lost yourself and it's going to take longer to heal because now you've got to find yourself again. So you may as well be in tune with yourself, working with yourself to heal yourself, because that's going to get you there a lot quicker. It certainly is. And that fundamental belief that your body knows what it needs. Yeah. That's that piece about listening to your body. Mm -hmm. One of my biggest pet peeves 
one way or the other, whether it's mainstream or alternative, is when a practitioner or a physician says, and this is it for life. Yes. This yes. will not ever heal. Right. You've got this many years to live. It's going to be like this. This is it. I immediately get my back up because I know that's not true. Right. There's lots of reasons why we get sick. Mm -hmm. Lots of reasons. There's a lot. There's a whole, like we said, the psychology of, of illness. But beyond that, sometimes there's a bigger picture to it as well. And that's a, that's a whole area of exploration. If you believe what you are told and you do not question it, then it will become a self-fulfilling prophecy. But if oh, yeah. you decide that maybe there's another alternative, you've immediately opened up a door into something else, a possibility, a miraculous healing. Yes. And any miraculous healing happens because the individual has said, yes to something different right and yeah how many people die from the diagnosis not the disease everyone <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and it is you know we're never given anything that we can't manage we're given everything for a reason and you know it is to discover just how strong how courageous how the abilities we have how we can be our own mm -hmm. self-healing with the right knowledge and the right support around us. You know, we sell ourselves short all the time because as you said, we give our power away. Right? Stand tall on who you are and why you are and what you're here to do. Uh, you know, how, however flawsome you are, there isn't anybody out there that's perfect. And if you, you know, the perfection is in the imperfection because that's what makes you so utterly flawsome. And it's also why your gift is so important. And I love to say to people that you didn't come here to be perfect. You came here to be human. <laughs> yes. And, and we know that human isn't perfection. <laughs> the Nor divine is, is the human side of it is a constant learning progress, but it's not about the, the destination. It's about each day being a gift of life. And then, you know, seeding and watering and nurturing the, the seeds of today that can grow for tomorrow and living in wonderment and excitement of what tomorrow is going to bring, right? Because that's always exciting. If you look forward to what's possible, what's possible, then that's always going to keep your energy up and, and it's going to allow you to see the things in front of you that are going to be part of that healing equation. And get curious. Get curious. Yes. I love yes. getting curious. Why did I cut my toe? Hmm, I'm curious about that. <laughs> about that. Or whatever it happens to be. <clears throat> exactly. If why? If we ask the, if we critically think about things and if we ask the who, what, where, when, why, and how, as things show up for us, we, we open up an exploration uh, energy that otherwise isn't there. Right. And that's what creates movement. Yes. That curiosity energy. Yeah. Do not settle for, well, it's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. No, why is it that way? Because nobody bothered to change it. If you don't like it that way, be the change you seek. Yeah. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> we've solved all the world's problems. <laughs> exactly. It's about community. It's about taking responsibility for your own health. It's about opening up to all the different modalities out there and be willing to try them and to, and to be able to speak in authority to your doctor. This is my body. I know it. I'm asking you to work with me, not lord over me. So important right now, more than ever, I believe. More than ever, more than ever. And, you know, the other thing I think that is really, really, really important. We're all COVID fatigued right now. 
we, you know, there's been a great deal of, of the hysteria and we've all been on alert and it's like just an injection of common sense. You know, you know, you're in a crowd, wear a mask, wash your hands. You can keep your immune system up by the sunlight, by the positivity, by doing what you need to do for your body to, to be strong. Just if you buy into the fear, the fear will grab hold of you and consume you. So, you know, it is be kind to yourself and to everyone else. And you will see that is part of the healing modality as well. Well, absolutely it is. And, and in, in truth, you cannot make an informed decision when you're in fear. No, you can't. You're reacting. You're making a reactive decision. Those are the ones we often regret. Yep. Like yes. The knee-jerk decision based on fear. No, this is why. Take a deep breath. Take some time out. And then come back at and look at it from a different point of view. Yes, right. I would encourage everyone to be, to be doing that right now. So yes. important. Yes, yes, most certainly. You know, we're all in, in recovery at the present moment, just from the the sheer stress of this. Um, but you know, it's look to what was the gift. The gift was of reflection. Am I where I want to be? Am I doing for myself what I should be doing? Am I going in the in the right direction? Um, and then this year is for me, the word is actionism. This mm. is the year to take action in that redirection in what you plant and what you water and what you seed and your, your core why. Why are you doing this? If it's for everybody else, forget it and mm. do it for yourself because you are enough and you are part of the ingredient that is needed. So always there is a gift, even in tragedy, and it's look to what it is and honor it and move forward with it. Absolutely. <laughs> always a delight to have you on here, love, always. And we will be doing this again soon. And, uh, and then with the book, because <laughs> I know it's going to be written. I've seen it. <laughs> It's tree medicine. I, I've seen it too. <laughs> yes, yes. It's got to be written. It has to be. Um, nature does not give us a health problem without there being a health answer. Mm -hmm. And But it's also, you know, right now, you know, my show this week w was about spring into summer. And it's, if you can immerse yourself into the kids riding the bikes and people rollerblading and doggies chasing balls and paragliding over the water and just the sheer joy of being out in the sun and the laughter and the nature as it all awakens up, that's already going to be a huge dose of medicine in the right direction. It is. And your body will respond. Oh, yeah. Your body oh, yeah. loves to be taken care of. Yes. It loves it. Loves it. Yes. <laughs> You are not being selfish by taking care of you. It is imperative that you take care of you. You can't give of yourself if you're depleted. The more abundant you are, the more you have to give other people. Exactly. exactly. So take care of you. You hear that, everybody? Take care of you. Put yourself in the center. Yeah. And reach out to Megan. Listen to the other shows. Read her book get those cards and reach out to her. She's willing to have a conversation to see if there is a lovely match there. You have no idea which of those modalities are going to be there for you, but reach out because you know she comes from the heart. She also comes from the soil. 
literally for her that that soil those trees those roots that vibration uh, she is immersed in nature and she brings that uh, natural nature remedy to the equation as well and uh, having known you for quite a long time it's uh, i know this person is really 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 true coming from the heart and the on the and the soul and she really has good intentions to make sure that you are the healthiest you can be so thank you so much megan Thank you, Sarah. It's been a delight. I look forward to our next one. Yes. And don't forget to look at her daughter's art. It's there on the show page. When you go to Megan Edge at selfdiscoverymedia.com, there will be a link to the page with all the art on as well. So until next time, folks, remember, you are the answer. You've just got to step into it. Bye for now. We hope that you enjoyed the show. You will hear many, many shows here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. We have new shows for you out every week. Just find them on our podcast or or what's new. If you feel that you have something to share that makes a difference in the lives of others, or you too feel that you could be a host, please contact me at info at selfdiscoverymedia.com and we will be glad to speak with you. Have a wonderful day.